0: Well, hello there. Welcome to Cavalcade. Oops, uh, wrong address. Cavalcade is brought to you by Harbor Repertory Theater. My name is Keith Bridges, and I want to thank you for listening.
1: back to Bible study with relationship expert, spiritual guru, and house husband, Larry Gerbs, and his wife and salad dressing mogul, Martha Gerbs. Hi, I'm your host, Larry Gerbs.
2: And I'm Martha Gerbs. So pleased that you're joining us for Bible study today. So, Larry, first, I just wanted to say that last week, you did such a good job of explaining how if Adam had just given Eve more attention, she never would have been tempted to eat the fruit of knowledge. Oh,
1: I'm glad you like that. I mean, yeah, I've never really understood how that situation happened in the first place. Eve was walking around naked, but where was Adam? People go around blaming Eve for the fall of man and everything. And I'm not trying to judge here or anything. But I just know from personal experience that when you're walking around naked, I'm never far behind.
2: No, you've been very good about not letting me wander off too far when I'm naked.
1: Well, there was that one time in Cosmo.
2: That was one time. We all make mistakes.
1: I'm so fortunate to be with such an understanding wife. But yes, I think we can all agree, Adam and Eve is a great thing from the Bible that we can all immediately apply to our marriages. That when your wife is walking around naked, make sure you stay near her or all hell could break loose. Amen.
2: Amen. So, what you got for us this
1: week? Well, this week I wanted us to take a look at John eight.
2: Oh, John 8.32 is a great one. And the truth shall set
1: you free. That it will, Martha. That it will. But I've been thinking really hard about this one, and I had a revelation about it.
3: What's that?
1: We often forget the first part of the verse. You know what the first part of the verse says? No. uh, Actually, I don't. I didn't realize there was more to it. Well, I guess that's why I'm the spiritual guru, and you're the salad mogul.
2: Indeed.
1: But the first part of the verse says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It's the knowing the truth that sets you free. It doesn't say a darn thing about telling the truth. And in fact, I think, especially in relationships, Telling the truth can really get us into hot water.
2: Oh, I love getting into the hot tub with you, especially when I'm dressed up like Eve, pre-fall of man style.
1: Oh, I love that too. But that's not the kind of hot water I'm talking about. I'm talking about trouble. That sometimes when we tell our significant others the truth, it can get us into trouble.
2: But you're not suggesting we lie, now are you?
1: Larry? Well, I'm not recommending that anyone lies to anyone per se. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that maybe knowing the truth and telling the truth are two different things. That while knowing the truth will set you free, telling the truth, well actually, now that I think about it, maybe telling the truth will set you free, but maybe free isn't always a good thing. Like, for instance, you know that tuna noodle hot dish that your sister makes and brings over every single time she comes over for dinner? Of
2: course I know that
1: hot dish. It's your favorite. Technically, what I said is that it is my favorite of all the things she makes. The truth is, her cooking is terrible. (gasps) Her cheese choice is always so questionable. But you can't
2: tell her that. If she knew you thought her tuna noodle hot dish was terrible, she'd, well, Lord only knows what she'd do. Don't I know it? She'd probably never come visit again. Heck, she'd probably never speak to us again. We'd probably be kicked out of the family.
1: And then we'd be free of so many burdens.
2: Hmm. I see what you're saying. You really are a brilliant man, Larry.
1: And you, my darling, are a brilliant woman. But see, now you know the truth. I hate her tuna noodle hot fish. But I also know that if I tell her the truth, I'd hurt her feelings. And I know we'd have hell to pay, just like Adam and Eve did. So I know not to say anything other than It's my favorite of all the dishes she makes. Which is not a lie, exactly. And I'm free from having to deal with your sister hating me because I don't think she's a very good cook. Wow.
2: The Bible really does have the answer to everything, doesn't it?
1: That it does, Martha.
2: But you don't have anything like that you don't tell me about, do you?
1: Like that you don't like my cooking? Oh, no, 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 not at all. I know That everything you do is absolutely perfect and wonderful.
2: Really? Really?
1: Why? There's not anything you don't tell me, is there? Martha? Martha? Give me a moment. I'm thinking.
2: Well, there is this...
1: What? What? There's what?
2: Never mind. No, there's nothing worth being set free over. You're perfect just the way you are. Okay, good, good. That's what I thought. Well, today's been quite the Bible study. It's been very informative. Knowing the truth is one thing, and telling is another. Both will set you free, but I guess make sure you want to be free before
1: you know it or tell it. Exactly. All right. Well, thanks to all of our listeners out there. And we'll be back next time with another Bible lesson with me, Larry Gerbs, relationship expert, spiritual guru, and house husband. And me, Martha,
2: Larry's wife, and salad dressing mogul.
1: God bless
2: everyone.
1: Amen.
0: Bible Study with the Gerbs Written by Tiffa Foster Performed by Rachel Bridges and Edward Leshke.
4: This is advice from Enoch Stangerson. My name is Enoch Stangerson. Over there is Producer Ann. Say hello, Producer Ann. Hello. And we are here to answer your questions and offer you advice wholesome, practical, Minnesota advice. Advice from me, Enoch Stangerson. Ann, let's get right into our first letter, shall we?
3: You betcha. Our first letter today is from Steve in Mound.
4: Ah, Mound. I love Mound. One of my favorite places in Minnesota.
3: Yeah, mine's nice. So Steve writes in with a question about- Hey,
4: you know what? We, why don't we call him up? Remember how we used to do that? We can answer his questions live on the air.
3: Yeah, we had to stop doing that for um, legal reasons. What reasons? Legal ones to keep us from getting sued.
4: Well, that doesn't make any sense.
3: Well, that's what happened.
4: Okay, uh, stop stop beating around the bush. Let's get to Stan's letter. Steve. Who?
3: This letter's from Steve. Man. Okay. Steve says, my mother-in-law lives near us. Ah, geez. And and for the most part, she's great to have around. We have a new baby, and she is a great help. But sometimes, she is a little too free with her advice, and it's starting to cause a little bit of tension in my marriage. Any advice?
4: Well, first off, she sounds like a nightmare.
3: Excuse me, he says that she's great to have
4: around. And? Well, at least she isn't like my mother-in-law. What a she-devil. Yapping all the time. Just the worst opinions about every little thing, drove me crazy up until my third wife left me.
3: So, do you have any constructive advice for Steve? Well, Scott. Steve.
4: I wouldn't advise you to do what I did with my mother-in-law. I mean, unless she is pretty bad, but well, I, I don't know. I used to put sleeping pills in her coffee every morning. I kind of took care of her for most of the day. We can't tell
3: him to drug her.
4: I said I wouldn't advise it. But you did advise. And you need to pay closer attention. Good luck to you, Sam. Steve! Next letter. Okay. Next, we have
3: a question from Chris in Ely.
4: Oh, Ely. I love Ely. My favorite town in Minnesota.
3: Okay, so Chris asks, my niece. Neighbor... Is this a
4: boy or a girl? I don't know. And I need to know the gender if I'm going to give accurate advice.
3: Well, I don't know. It's spelled with a K, so it's probably female.
4: I don't know. Chris Kringle was a boy.
3: Chris Kringle. Oh, okay, that's a fictional character. Still a boy. What difference does it make?
4: Anne! We're gonna assume he's a boy since you don't know.
3: Okay, so Chris asks, my neighbor always leaves a two foot strip of grass right next to my yard unmowed. It is definitely in his yard and we've spoken about it, but he refuses to mow it. And I end up mowing this strip even though I know it's his yard. I asked him one time if it bothered him and he just kind of smirked at me and said, no, he didn't mind at all. So why on earth is he doing this? And what do you suggest I do?
4: See, Chris is a guy.
3: No, not necessarily. Anne! Okay, so what is your advice?
4: Well, this is kind of a complicated situation. You don't want to create more tension than's necessary, but it does seem odd to say the least. I'd say you should poison his dog. What? That should take care of it.
3: We can't tell him to poison his neighbor's dog.
4: So you agree that this Chris is a fella?
3: How about he just talks to the neighbor and asks him without accusing him of anything? I don't
4: know. I think the dog poison is the way to go.
3: The neighbor might not even have a dog.
4: Oh, and, 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 and. You'll learn. Good luck to you, Chris.
3: Next letter. Our final letter tonight is from Gwen in St. Peter.
4: Ah, St. Peter. A city so nice, they named it St. Peter. What does that mean? I love St. Peter, my favorite city in Minnesota.
3: Okay, well, Gwen writes, I have a good friend who recently came through a difficult divorce. She seems to be feeling better, and I'm glad about that, but I've noticed recently that she seems to be kind of flirting with my husband more than I'm comfortable with. What do you advise?
4: Well, Gwen, I am honestly unsure about what you should do, but if I were in your shoes, I would break her arm in three places.
3: Wait, you cannot tell her to break her friend's arm.
4: In three places? No, not at all. I said I didn't know what she should do. But then you said to break her arm. In three places. That's a very important detail. Any less than that and it might be confused for an accident.
3: We can't hear this. Anne,
4: you are such a worrywart.
3: I've got to check with our lawyers. I have them on speed dial.
4: Well, that's this episode of Advice from Enoch Stangerson. On behalf of myself and producer Anne, thanks for joining us. And remember, take care of yourself out there And don't take advice from strangers.
5: And because we live in a democracy, all the school kids got to vote for some bird to be the state bird. And in fact, any kid in any class in any grade except kindergarten could dominate a candidate for the state bird. And after the voting, the results would be sent to the guys who had been elected to run the state of Minnesota, and they would figure out democratically which bird was the lucky winner. And I guess the wood duck was or the loon, but no one who was in our class, which was 8th grade room 205 at Jefferson Junior High, had ever even heard or thought about those birds, so they didn't get considered. And there were 6 or 7 of us who were boys who played a lot of ball together and got in trouble for fun, so the bird we nominated, our class to nominate, was the chicken. And anyone in favor of a particular class nomination could give a speech on behalf of that bird. So we all gave speeches on behalf of the chicken and talked about eggs and eating chicken on Sunday and what other bird did so much for everyone. And one of us questioned a guy who'd come out for the Cardinal about what a Cardinal could be used for. And all he could think to say was that they were red and pretty and a baseball team was named after them. So we booed and hissed at the Cardinal until the teacher said no booing or hissing allowed. And then the teacher remembered that although she wasn't permitted to vote, The Oriole was her favorite bird, and probably quite a few people liked the Oriole, and they built such interesting nests. So about two seconds later, at least five kids really liked the Oriole and nominated it, even though one of them thought it was green. But we kept talking up the usefulness of the chicken, and when the votes were counted, the chicken squeaked in the winner with the Oriole second. So we laughed and clapped until the teacher reminded us that laughers and clappers could stay after school and that democracy was a serious business and there'd be no more nonsense about messy chickens. And since the Oriole came in second and was the only serious candidate of the two, it would be the nomination of room 205 and one that we could all be proud of.
0: Naming the State Bird by Keith Gunderson. Performed by Nathaniel Gunderson. Well, have we located her yet? Where is she? On the phone. Okay. Okay. Well, now it's time for weather with uh, Lindy Blumstratton. Come in, Lindy.
6: Ooh-wee! Hot, hot, hot has some serious kick to it, but delicious nonetheless. You've all made my job extremely difficult. Oh, that's not necessary. Well, if you insist. Mmm. Mmm! Iced tea hits the spot.
0: Uh, Lindy, do you hear us, Lindy? Are you there?
6: Sorry, sorry. Got distracted. Hear you loud and clear. I wandered out into the field today. My true arena found myself witness to a clash between the Mini Mallards and the Ticklish Titans in an under-8 rec football league game.
0: Is there any weather here, Lindy?
6: I also found myself smack dab in the middle of a salsa-eating competition. The look on these parents' faces, getting a bit impatient to hear the winner.
0: They're getting impatient.
6: Okay, okay. You ready for the winner? The winner of the Sideline Salsa competition is... Drumroll... Sarah's super-secret saucy salsa. The tanginess almost blew me away.
0: Lindy, the weather?
6: So many great salsas, though. Truly impressed. But I gotta say, what I'm most impressed with... Lindy? ...is the camaraderie among the parents. And it's not just one side. It's parents from both teams over here. The recipe for keeping parents on their best behavior is quite literally recipes
0: is there any weather coming anytime soon?
6: They're throwing quite the shindig over here on the sidelines. Got a smorgasbord extending from the, well, what would you say, boom mike guy, from the 20 to about the 35. It's dang near an unsportsmanlike amount of foods and appetizers. Weather? Let me start with the cold plates and work my way down. So, it starts with the cheeses. We got chunks of brie, gruyere, got sharp cheddar, pepper jack. We're gonna
0: take a short break for our sponsors.
7: We all get in a little trouble from time to time. Nothing to feel bad about. I can help. How are you doing? My name is Al Lufterson, and I run a little place, Al Lufterson's Bail Bonds. We're the friendly place for all your bail needs. I mean, who hasn't run across a bad patch at some point? We've all been there. And when you're in need of bail services, think of Al Lufsterson. We greet you with a welcome smile and no judgment. We know how to keep you out of the pokey and how to keep our opinions to ourselves. All of our recoupment specialists are of the highest moral fiber. No grumpy bounty hunters here. If you go on the run, we'll simply track you down and return you to the warm embrace of the authorities with the civility and courtesy you deserve. So remember, next time you're looking at a spot of jail time, Al Luftersson's Bail Bonds, the place for friendly bail bonds. We know you have choices when it comes to your bail bond needs and we value your business. Ask us about our specials For return customers Remember Al Lufterson's Bay of Bonds, The place for friendly Bay of Bonds.
0: Now let's see if we can't get that weather report. Lindy?
6: Baloney! Baloney! No call, Raph! That was clearly a hold. The ticklish titans should be running away with this game despite their Achilles heel being right there in the name.
0: How about giving us that weather, Lindy?
6: Son! Son! Yeah, I'm talking to you, Number 50. You have to be on the balls of your feet. Anticipate the play! The mini mallers are coming to the line. It's a hard count. Balls snapped. Reverse! Reverse! Damn it! 50! That was your lane! Gotta contain! You know what? Sorry, sorry. I won't yell at your kid again. Why
0: don't we go to our newest segment? Weather and sports with Thad Thunderclund.
4: Uh.
7: find yourself passionate about a cause, possibly irrationally so? Do you find yourself wanting to rebel, but your personality conflicts with the normal channels of doing so? Ah, do you find yourself with an oven that can be preheated to 450 degrees Fahrenheit? If you answered, yep, sure do, to these questions, then do I have the rebellion for you. It's called the polite rebellion. I I'm Oleg Anderstotter, a rebel and a Minnesotan. I know, I know. That sounds paradoxical, but that's exactly why I founded Minnesotans Revolt, where we carefully curated the polite rebellion. Because we do things differently here in the land of 10,000 lakes, and we sure as shoot should rebel differently, too. Now, the first thing you must remember to do when rebelling politely. Now, this comes before you pick a cause, before you rally the troops, before you bake your hot dishes and whip up your snicker salads. The first thing you must remember to do is smile. Really lather on the smile. The faker, the better. Once you got your smile down, keep smiling. And no matter what happens, don't stop smiling. Say you get maced. Smile through it. You get stepped on by Babe the Blue Ox. Ah, you smile through it. Got it? Good. Now that we're smiling, add in a head nod from time to time. The head nod says you totally understand, but accompanied with the smile in the eyes, it really says you haven't a friggin' clue. Which is vitally important. Now that we got the polite mannerisms down, it's time to move toward organizing. As hinted at earlier, polite rebellions are organized around baked goods. So fire up those ovens and get to baking the most absurd concoctions imaginable. And don't forget your staples like Ludafisk, spam sushi, and your dill pickles with sauerkraut and thousand island dressing wrapped up in a thing of baloney. Now that we are equipped with enough comfort food to dam up the Mississippi, We are ready to hit the streets with our smile. Polite rebellious types walk, not run. We can't afford to squander any of our baked ammunition. If we are stopped by police, polite rebels don't say anything. Instead, polite rebels ask the simple question, donuts? I mean, come on, we didn't bake all those jellies for us to eat. Once we've walked to the side of our rebellion, we politely contact the powers that be. We shower them with thoughtfulness. We drown them in a sea of savoriness. Because the polite rebellion doesn't combat the powers that be with violence, logic, or wit. The polite rebellion combats the powers that be with what's innate in all us Minnesotans. Passive aggression and extreme awkwardness. Because it's been proven that nobody can hold their ground once Minnesota Nice is unleashed. Not even the powers that be. Therefore, faced with the Minnesota Nice, their only option is to cave to our demands. The polite rebellion doesn't immediately disperse the minute we succeed. No, we stick around. We bombard them with thank yous. Show them a long and proper Minnesota goodbye. That's how we make them feel good about siding with their cause. The best thing about the polite rebellion is that you don't have to be Minnesotan. Oftentimes, non-Minnesotans are more effective at the polite rebellion than true Minnesotans. But for those non-Minnesotans interested in the polite rebellion, please, (laughs) whatever you do, do not talk like they do in the movie Fargo. Minnesotans do not talk like that. You know who does talk like that? People who live in Fargo. And where is Fargo? It's in friggin' North Dakota. Sorry, uh, sorry. Deep breath. Alrighty. Now that you know all the rules of the Polite Rebellion, go forth, rebel. But do so polite.
0: A Guide to Polite Rebellion by Neil Patrick Peterson Performed by Ian Harrison is produced in Minneapolis's quickly cooling Twin Cities by Harbor Repertory Theater. Featured in this episode, Rachel Bridges, Nathaniel Gunderson, Edward Leszki, Raina Kay, Neil Patrick Peterson, Tiffa Foster, Ian Harrison, and me, Keith Bridges. Visit us online at cavalcadepodcast.com and leave us a note. We'd really love to hear from you. Oh, and one more thing. Try to make it a point this week to do something that you know you're supposed to do, but you don't really want to do, but try to enjoy doing it anyway. And once again, thanks for listening.